So here's the issue. Right now, there are more podcast books and information on fitness than ever. But which ones have the best information? Which ones will help you grow as a person the most? Which ones will get you to the next level in your life? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Coach Cody Smith, and this is the Create Yourself Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast. Today, my guest is a guy by the name of Chaz Spackman. So what's really cool about Chaz is he actually started following me after I was on uh, Cody McBroom's podcast, the Move Moon Performance Podcast. And he followed me and, and then sent me a message right away. He was like, hey, man, I really love the show, uh, related to you on so many levels. Um, great story. And then I, you know, I look, obviously I returned the follow to him and kind of started looking at some of his content and who he is as a person, how he shows up and, you know, come to find out he's a dad, gym owner, uh, husband. And, and on so many levels I related to him and I just kind of watched what he did over the past couple months and, and watching his content, watching how COVID-19 has affected him and how he's responded. And it just resonated with me on so many levels. So I just finally reached out and I was like, Chaz, man, I'd love to have you on the show. I think we'd have a great conversation. And uh, he, just, he, you know, he agreed to come on. And and during the show, like I, I really felt like, you know, we kind of connected on on a, on, a, on a great level and were able to give tons of value. We talked about gym ownership. We talked about nutrition during COVID nineteen, his personal training routine, uh, entrepreneurship. I mean, you name it. How to get past places when you're stuck. I mean, it was just such such a great conversation. And we ended up talking for another 15, 20 minutes after. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're, we're on a basis to where like, I'm going to shoot him text. I mean, he's, you know, he's very similar to me and I, and I felt like we related really well. And I hope you guys get something from this by listening to the show today. So do me a favor as always take a screenshot on your phone. I want you to, to tag both Chaz and I in it. He is at lost and lifting on Instagram and I am at coach Cody Smith. The reason why we ask you guys to do this always and why it is so important that you take that screenshot right now and post it is because ultimately getting this podcast, this show, this message into more hands is a way that we can you know, help more people to grow and to experience some of the same changes that you get, some of the great, you know, the same mindset, mindset shifts, you know, education that you receive. We want other people who could uh, re- you know, receive that and grow to get it as well. So again, take that screenshot, tag both him and I, and then without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get Chaz on here. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Create Yourself Podcast, and I am here with my friend Chaz Spackman today. You guys don't even know, I just butchered his name a second ago. How embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but we're here on the show today. I reached out to to him, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and we wanted to set this up just because uh, I was on my mentor's podcast, and he ended up following me, and I returned the follow. And there were so many similarities between the two of us. I thought it would be a great conversation and one that you guys could enjoy. So we're here. Uh, Chaz, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. And uh, same thing. I, when I started following you, I saw we had a lot of similarities. And it's, it's cool just to get on here and be able to connect. To, uh, to connect. So, so yeah, yeah, I'm doing good, man. For sure, dude. So uh, like I said, guys, he is a fellow gym owner. And, and there's so many similarities here. So we're going to dive into a little bit of his story today. We will talk about, you guys know I'm huge on routines and journaling, all these different things. And I believe he is too. So I'd love to mm-hmm. hear his little, his spin on it. So mostly, man, let's just, let's go into the intro here. Like, you know, who are you? What are you about? Give us a little bit of your backstory here. Sure. So um, first and foremost, just like you said, I'm a gym owner. I coach people online. I open up my gym probably 
what was it, three and a half years ago at this point, and through the pandemic, we're all kind of feeling that too, obviously, right? right. You know exactly what I'm talking about there. But, <laughs> but yeah, so long story short, it's pretty common. I got into fitness right out of high school, played sports in high school, got into fitness, was in a family business for a long time, um, made decent money there, was, was happy, but wasn't really doing what actually fulfilled me. And I was always drawn to fitness and to coaching, dabbled in and out of it for quite a while, and then just got really serious with it, took a leap of faith, opened a gym. That's been doing really well, which has been awesome. Um, started online coaching through Lost and Lifting. That's the company that I, that I run for coaching online. Um, I'm a dad, a father, or, and a husband. So, so yeah, that's in a nutshell. That's basically what it comes down to. I became a gym owner, started coaching online, and, and we're here now. So, so yeah. For sure. So what, what sports did you play back in high school, you said? Yeah, so I played basketball, baseball, and football. I was kind of an all-around athlete. So I was into all of it for the most part. So was there like a particular sport in there that like called like, you know, like for me, like I played baseball and there was nothing like, I don't know about your, like your high school sports, but like, I remember we literally would fill up like these tennis ball containers and we filled them full of sand and we'd be doing curls before pitching practice and stuff like that. So like there wasn't really weight room, wasn't even part of it. I didn't get into lifting and fitness until I actually joined the military and got to my first A school and I had a friend that like welcomed me or like encouraged me to go to the gym with him. But that was like my first experience with a weight room. So was there like a particular sport to where like you really fell in love with exercising and nutrition and all these things? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question because back in high school, I was, they, they would try to get us to train and yeah. whatnot, but, and I've talked about this on other podcasts before. I don't feel like, and it's nobody's fault by any means, but I don't feel like I realized myself or was ever explained that the benefits of training, how that would correlate into the sport. So we were always kind of asked to train, but didn't really know the reason behind why we were training. So I didn't really care about it, right? It, it wasn't anything to me, but the sport, I really loved the sports and I was dedicated and, and to that and wanted to practice and do everything I could. And then they tell us to train. I'm like, well, what am I training for? I could be in the, in the gym shooting or out on the field running or something that's actually going to better my craft because I didn't realize the strength training was actually going to correlate into right. me being a better athlete. And so really like during high school, we, we were asked to do that kind of stuff and I didn't really take it that seriously, didn't really care about it. But for some reason, right after my senior year in high school, um, I was going to go play college basketball and that didn't end up working out for me. It probably, I probably would have had a better chance if I had trained through high school to play college sports. Right. So it's kind of ironic how that happened. But afterwards I just felt like almost kind of empty. I always had something that I was looking forward to some way that I was improving myself or, or something that I was working on all the time. And when sports were over, I didn't really have that. I didn't love academics. That wasn't really my thing. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So for some reason I just ended up in the gym. I don't know how it happened or what. Maybe a little bit of a fear of getting fat was a little bit of it. I wanted yeah. to make sure I was It always goes back to looking good naked, right? Like that's yeah. where it always comes from. Absolutely. So so yeah, to sum it up, that's basically where it came from. Just after sports were over, I didn't have anything to go to. So I just kind of weirdly navigated to strength training. I remember telling my football coach after my senior year, um, after school, if I could come in and train in his weight room. And he looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> because in sports and stuff, I didn't care. But now all of a sudden, I want to take it seriously. So kind of a weird deal how it happened that way. But it, it, it just kind of happened like that. So yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And <clears throat> isn't it, you know, you said something about like you didn't really – like appreciate the, the, the iron of the whole fitness thing mm -hmm. until um, there was nothing, but like, you know, that's kind of like with clients too, right? How much easier is it to get a client to do something 
when you explain the why and the reason behind it. And, and it's funny, I was just having a conversation with one of my clients who's, she's a competitive CrossFit athlete and she's like the why, she's like my why client, constantly mm-hmm. wants to know why. And I love it because I get to explain to her and get to enlighten her, but also get more buy-in. So like, imagine if your coaches had explained a little bit to like the why and why this is important and giving you some of the long, like the big drawn out picture, how much further you could have gone with that. So uh, I think that's something to highlight, like, or a lesson that can be learned. Like if you guys are listening to this right now, like, and you don't have a coach or you do, you should start, ask, start asking a lot more why's because two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to find out if your coach knows what he's talking about. And number two, you'll probably get more buy-in than more than likely stick to what your coach wants you to do in the first place. Yeah, you nailed that right on the head right there too. Yeah. When you know why you're doing something, you're going to be more inclined to do it. If you don't know the benefits to the reason you're doing it and it almost feels like it's just a punishment or whatnot or, or, or whatever, then you're, it's obviously going to be a burden on you instead of a blessing. So you, totally. I think you hit that spot on. Totally. So let's talk about owning a gym right now. It's crazy. It's <laughs> now crazy. Now's the time to be a gym yeah, owner, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's a, it's a lucrative <laughs> business right now, guys. Oh, We're, man. Chaz and I are just sitting here counting our millions five here on the podcast, but absolutely. let's be honest, like owning a gym right now, what is it like for you, you know, out where you're at? You know, man, um, where I am, I'm actually, so I feel like I'm blessed. I'm going to be able to open up again here this upcoming Saturday. We're awesome. opening. I know you're in Washington where things yeah. are probably a little bit different. You guys got hit a little harder different. than we have. Yeah. <laughs> you guys got hit a lot harder than we did. So I'm opening up on Saturday. We closed down around the middle of March, somewhere like March 20th, somewhere right around there. But uh, in business for me, I'll say this. If I hadn't been smart with my money as we had opened up in the first few years, Mm -hmm. something like this can come around and it can absolutely derail you. You know what I mean? You can absolutely, if you're not paying attention um, to your finances and you're not saving up for a rainy day, you're going to be derailed. But at the same time, when you go into business and you go into entrepreneurship for yourself, a lot of the times in the back of your head, you're always playing out that worst case scenario. You know what I mean? You're always playing out like, what if I lose all my clients? What if I lose all of my members? What if people stop applying for my online business? Now I have to go get a nine to five job or whatever it is. But the biggest key that I can take from this, even when the worst thing happens, if you're planned for it to happen, um, you're going to be okay. And it's not going to be nearly as bad as what you think it's going to be, if that makes sense. And um, when you go into the, the financial aspect of it, and I know that's not really what you asked, but that's what we're feeling right now, right? It's not very lucrative. No, we're, I brought in $0 in revenue in the last couple couple months. I brought in a yeah. single penny for what I'm doing. And so um, it's really just making sure you're always planning out for the future and and honestly spending less than what you're making. If, if you're doing that in business, whatever it is, especially inside of the gyms, I think long-term you can make it if you're providing value and, and whatnot. But what about for you? Same, same sort of a deal? Yeah. You know, a lot of people have been asking us like, how are we doing? How are, you know, how are you doing? Like, luckily, you know, a few, I don't know, ever probably since the beginning of starting our business, we've really doubled down on um, culture and community. Right. And that's something that we started, mm-hmm. you know, I was primarily like a CrossFit gym, CrossFit coach only, and never really got into anything outside of that. And I would say from the very beginning, we really doubled down, uh, especially me, like I doubled down on like who I am as a person and how I lead and how I show up for my people. And I would say that's been a big player in like how we've survived right now because <clears throat> we've, I, I've only had a, an up, upward trajectory inside of my business for like years. This mm-hmm. is the first time where things have like really slowed down. And, and I think we were just super fortunate at like, I started small, I didn't take a big investment. You know, and a lot of people ask me like, you know, Cody, what do you recommend about opening it? Like, how would you open a gym now? And I don't know that I would personally change anything. And I don't know how you particularly open yours. Same. 
but I know very, for us, like we started small. small, right. And then built up. I remember I had a single barbell and a single kettlebell that I bought with my uh, circuit city credit card. I bought my first coaching certification on it. And I just built from there I never took on any like big investments. And I just built from the ground up. But I think it allowed me to learn like what you talked about, the finance and the business size and the importance of mentorship and coaching and learning from people that are ahead of me in the game per se. So I think that's one big piece that's allowed us to like hold on to clients because we've had a very small amount of people go on hold. We lent it out. We lent out all of our equipment. We do uh, virtual coaching, live workouts. I do a weekly webinar. I mean, constant content. We're in our clients' email inboxes all the time, teaching them. We do lives and so, you know, like just like how can I overpower them with content? We took a page out of Cody's book, how he does his content roundup. We do something called um, Saturday summary, where like all the videos throughout the week. I've got a coach that's doing mobility every week, and like we're just pumping them full of content. I built a membership site. We use ClickFunnels. I'm a big ClickFunnels Russell Brunson fan, and like. Yeah. I built a membership site. We put all of our content in there, workout archives, strength, pro, like just like dumping stuff on them. I think that's been something that's been helpful. But the second piece of that too was uh, I hired Cody McBroom to be my mentor two mm -hmm. years ago now. And he taught me a lot about online coaching. So even with, I think I got like a thousand followers, something small, but I, you know, a year ago I had 350 but sure. I think just pumping content out constantly and starting an online, an online leg of my business for both nutrition coaching and um, training has been huge to keep us alive. And I would say that's probably our saving grace, um, our saving grace to kind of keep things up and running for us. Yeah. And to give a little bit of context to, to my personal situation compared to yours a little bit, um, I don't, so in person, I don't work with a lot of one-to-ones in person. Yep. That's basically all online. My gym is more, is a 24 seven access facility. It's um, it's not like I come in and I actually work one-on-one -on -one with the clients. There's the yep. occasional one that will want it and I'll work with them, but I work with a lot of them nutritionally on the online side of space with it and things like that. So when we close down, it's not like a big group type community. There's obviously yeah. the little niches inside of the gym, but I run more of like a <laughs> conventional style gym, right? That's like, come in, you have 24 seven access. Here's your key card. Come in. I got all this set up with like all the training, all the equipment, like bodybuilder S type stuff as well. And yeah. so, so yeah, it's a little bit different on that aspect. Cause like I'm not pumping out a ton of content and everybody, everything to everybody, but does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think you, and I think I realized that too, is like you have a different, like your business model is a little bit different. You, like, gosh, like that kind of setup, I can only imagine. I think our saving grace is that we were like, we had that group aspect. Sure. Like I, I'm feeling for the folks out there. I got a, I got a buddy of mine that owns a gym here that uh, is a 24 hour, at 24 hour access, pretty similar to what it sounds like you have. And sure. I was like, dude, like, what do I do? Like, like, how do you hold on and, and, and do things like that? And he doesn't have an online leg. And it's funny because mm -hmm. I pushed him on doing it, but he wouldn't listen to me. So like, like that's the saving grace for, for like, and you do content anyways. It's just for me, it like yeah. I had to uptick on my gym side too. I did it for myself, but not for like the gym as much as we're doing now. Sure. Like, so the online side of it to me, honestly, is like the first leg of my business. And then the gym that we open is yeah. the second leg at this point, the gym kind of runs itself itself it has a really good member base. We have a really good reputation in town. We have really nice equipment. If you want to come in and have a place to work out and it, we're one of the only places I'm in a smaller community, about 15,000 people. And there's two gyms like me in town. So oh, nice. like we do the classes and I have people um, like women that run like spin classes and cool stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, I've definitely focused more online than I ever have with the brick and mortar at this point. Anyway, it's more that way. It started just in the gym and then I started doing the online that started to kind of steamroll a little bit. And then the gym was already supporting itself. So I don't have to spend 
as much time necessarily on that. And again, it comes down to like with a business like that, that I'm running, when we run into this, it comes down to finances, right? Are you, were you smart with your finances with before or were yeah. you not? And if you weren't, you're going to be in a really, really tough place right now. Many conversations with my mentor, with Cody right now are mm -hmm. like the, the people that have solid, you know, like entrepreneurial skills, so like solid, like understandings of financials and culture and coaching, like those are the ones that are going to survive, which is, you know, if we can get those of us who are going through the thick of it, like if we can survive right now, I think there's going to be a pretty, you know, a pretty, what is it? The blue ocean, pretty blue or yeah, a pretty blue yeah. ocean once we come out of this with people mm -hmm. that just want to get back in shape. So I'm sure your gym's going to be flooded. I'm hoping our gym's going to be flooded. At, at least that's the thought process. So with the online coaching stuff though, like what, what triggered you specifically to kind of get into that? to move from like, you said you were brick and mortar first and then went online second. Mm -hmm. And was there a specific trigger to where you're like, I'm going to do this thing because of X. Like, what was that thing? Man, that's a good question. I was just always pulled to it. I saw other guys doing it, but I didn't realize the potential with it, I guess. I saw a few guys that were like on YouTube and doing different things and selling training programs. And I was like, man, like, that's what I want to be doing. Like I've been training for all these years and I've been into the research. I've been obsessed with it. Like that's where I want to be. And that's what I've been doing by self. I struggled with a lot of self-confidence for a long time. Like why me? How am I, how am I supposed to do this? I've come from a small community. I'm, I live back in that small community today. I live up or I live where I grew up. And so like the fear of judge of others and all that kind of stuff played a role kind of for the first while. So I was kind of slow on what I was doing and then um, started it. Then I, I got married, had a baby, and throughout all that, I had the gym, I was working in a family business, and I kind of stopped the whole online thing for about a year and a half. It never got really big for that first year or so that I was running it. I quit it, and then just always felt tugged to go back to it. I wanted to go back to it, but I was still in the family business. I was running my gym at the exact same time, super busy with all that, and I just got to a point where I, I just looked at my future and like, is this what I really want to be doing for the rest of my life, or should I start putting in the things that are making me super uncomfortable to do, but are the things that I actually want to be doing. Like, who do I want to be in the next five years? And so I just had to have that hard conversation with myself and ended up investing into somebody to help me actually structure the online business on the back end because the way I was running it before was terrible, obviously. Kind of how we know. all do it, right? Like, yeah. five out of seven pants, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so anyway, that's kind of how it started after all of that. I had that tough conversation with myself and I just came to the realization like, I'm not going to give a shit what anybody else thinks at this point. Like, this is what I feel pulled to do. I feel like I have a message that can help um, a certain demographic of people. And I feel full, far more fulfilled doing that and helping these people than I do going to this nine to five in the family business or, or whatnot. And even if that's making more money, like, am I really, what's more important? Me being happy and fulfilled and excited to wake up every morning or wake up and be like, oh, crap it's Monday again and just to go through the whole routine so uh, long story short I just dived in and it's been a, a slow grind ever since it's not like I started online and it just took right off the first year um, super slow but ever since it's just been slowly consistently building and building so so yeah yeah you know it's funny you like the imposter syndrome when I heard you on Jeremiah's podcast he actually talked about a thing that we all kind of went through so our first like mastermind we you know Cody had it at Seattle and he had mm -hmm you know, probably 10 of us in the room and he, he like went around the room and was asking people. And a lot of these people, like once I found out and they were in our mentorship, I would follow them. They would follow me. And I'd be like, man, this dude's got a couple thousand. This dude's got a couple thousand followers. Mm -hmm. He's super certain on content, blah, blah, blah. And then we're going around the circle and all of us are like, like you're scared to produce content. I'm scared to produce content. Like there's yeah. this realization that it's like, 
yeah, totally. I feel like a complete imposter every time I stand in front of it. But then I have to realize that like this actually is going to help somebody. And uh, my first, one of my first business mentors that I ever hired was a guy by the name of Craig Valentine. I'm not sure if you're mm-hmm. familiar with him. I know. Yeah, I know his yeah. work. So mm-hmm. I, I hired Craig and he like challenged everybody in our group to do like a 30 day selfie video challenge. And of course, like talking to my camera with 300 followers, the only person who's watching me is probably like my mom and my sister, you know, like nobody really cares. Right. Yeah. And you start doing these every day and you get better and better. And I remember at one point I'd like, I like, Craig, I don't know if I can keep doing this. And he said something to, to me that kind of shattered me. And I actually use this with people that I help like, that are gym owners and coaches. Now when I mentor them is like, he said to like, so you mean to tell me you're going to let your, you know, your financial security and the life that you want to live with your family suffer because of what one of your friends is going to think about you? What if your message, getting it to one person were to help them, would that change your outlook? And to me, that really just kind of puts in this perspective of like, you mean like I'm super freaked out and I'm going to say this thing on this video that I believe to be true, that I use with clients all the time, that I believe to be true and it's going to help somebody. And that matters. And then when you put it in that perspective, it completely changes everything, right? Yeah. That when you say that, like still to this day, when I hear that sort of message, it yeah. almost gives me the chills a little bit because it's so true, man. When um, somebody's sitting there so worried about what somebody else is going to think of them for an action that they're taking or a passion that they have, it's really the most ridiculous thing that you can do to not put out because of what that person thinks, because mm-hmm. the most, it's the most cliche thing in the world, but whatever that person thinks of you does not, is not directly going to affect you in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. But if you allow that thought to affect you, it can ruin your, not ruin, but it can stop you from doing the things that you actually want to do. So it just comes to a point of getting comfortable, being uncomfortable with yourself every single day. And if you'll, take that step every single day. I tell this with my clients, to my nutrition clients all the time, just making, being uncomfortable and making the better choice instead of making the comfortable choice like you always have that has you in the situation that you're in now. It's the exact same thing. Just trying and being, putting, just being uncomfortable a little bit every single day. And if you have that feeling at least once a day, you know that you're making progress towards whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So do you think that that's what's the biggest, like for me, overcoming, and even still some, like this podcast right now, like I do this crazy, like, people probably think, maybe not you, but like normal people will probably think I'm a psycho. Like I'm in my office. I like get jumping around and I like yeah. spin because like I need like an incantation to get out of this mode and to be like, all right, I'm going to sit down on this podcast. I'm going to talk with Chaz. We're going to have a great conversation and we're going to deliver some crazy value to people that are listening to this. And then we're going to get tons of great feedback about it. Right. But like, mm-hmm. the, and like, then you sit down, it's like, all right, let's do it. But before this, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what if I sound stupid? What if I ask a really dumb question? What if I say his name wrong in the beginning of the podcast? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's all these, there's all these pieces of the podcast. So what would you, like for me, it was reps. Like that's how I got past it. And even still, like it's still just doing it and doing it and doing it right now. I'm doing like, I'm going to do a Facebook live and Instagram live every single day. I don't care. I don't care. I've seen that. Yeah. But it's like, so it's like, because it helps you to get better at talking. So for you, Mm -hmm. like, how did you get, even this can be equated to clients, nutrition clients, like, what would you say for you personally or for your clients is like how they get past that point to where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this thing and um, I'm going to get better at it. Is it just simply doing reps or like making habit trackers? Like what would you say that thing is? Yeah. So for me, it's simply realizing everything that's going up on up in up here in your head is 100% bullshit. Like honestly, that's all that it comes down to for me is realizing that what everything that I'm thinking 
it's just a thought in my head. It's not reality. It's not what's going to happen. And even if it does happen, it's not the end of the world. If you sound dumb, if you mess up or if whatever it is, it's not going to be that big of a deal at the end of the day, because most people could care less what you're doing. Does that right. make sense? And totally. so it, it starts there, obviously, but you can't just do that and all of a sudden have it just click and you're good to go. That's something you're going to have to work through for a long time. So for me, it's, and with clients, um, what I practice a lot is journaling in the morning. I like to wake up and I'm somebody that struggles with anxiety a little bit, definitely social anxiety and things like that. You get on here, you're like, Oh crap, am I going to sound stupid? Like, what am I going to say? I'm going to say something right. completely wrong and it's going to ruin my career. And I'll, you know what I mean? And you just go on and on. So first and foremost, every single morning I like to wake up. And if I have clients that are struggling too, I like to wake up and write out, whatever those negative thoughts are that's going on up here, just put them on paper because when they're only in your head, they'll just sit up there and you'll allow them to stay there. But for some reason, what I found is when you'll write those things out, then you have to look at what you've been thinking in your head. And then you kind of start to realize that it might be a little bit of bull crap. Like you're like, wow, I'm really thinking that in my head. And it kind of gives you the space to let go of it because you can look at it and become self-aware of what you're doing. And then you can write something down that you're grateful for or something positive that you're grateful for. And from there, start your day. That's how I like to do things. Get the negative out first thing in the morning, whatever it is, it can be the worst thing in the world, it can be the things that you don't want anybody else to know that you're thinking about, but just put it on paper and then end with something that's a little bit more positive. And there you've kind of cleaned out the negative crap, put something positive in, and then you can begin your day doing the things that are going to make you uncomfortable or bring on that anxiety or whatever it may be. So, so that's personally how I like to work through it. Love that, man. And it's something that, uh, you know, I started following like pretty religiously and actually Cody turned me on to him, um, the wake up warrior movement. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've heard Cody Garrett, talk about them. Yeah. With Garrett white. And I've read his book now probably three times. If there's a piece of content that shows up in my inbox from him, I'm going to listen to it or watch it or read it sure. just because it, it really speaks to me. And a lot of it is like what you're talking about, about like in the morning, starting with power. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he calls it like weaponizing your mind and your body. And, and I really view that. And, and I, I've been talking about this a lot lately about how like, I view like when I leave my house, my house is my castle. My wife is my queen. My kids are the princes and like princess, not princesses, princes. Mm-hmm. I have to always elaborate that. Cause someone's like, do you call your son a princess? And I'm like, no, definitely didn't. You never know this world. Yeah, today. right, right. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so, um, God, I brain farted now. So, you know, but I think of it like that. And like, so when I leave my castle, I'm going to war for the day and I want to weaponize myself in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I started like talking about that all the time. But then when I started teaching clients, like, cause like you tell clients to meditate or journal, they kind of glaze over. They're like, Oh, oh yeah. here we go. But then oh, if yeah. you could just get them to do it a couple times and they start to say like, wow, that thing that I wrote down on paper looks pretty stupid. I can't believe that was up in my head. And I'm glad that I, and it's like inception of your thoughts. I get to look and think about my thoughts and exactly. then you get to really analyze like this thing that triggered me to tell that story in my mind is actually complete bull crap. And it's actually not true. I love that, man. And it's something that, I think more people, if you're listening to this right now, and I say it all the time, if you listen to my podcast in any length, I probably a hundred times a podcast talk about journaling or reflection or insight and how important it is. If you're not journaling several days a week about something, uh, and Chaz, you can back me up on this. Like it's, you're really missing out. I've met pretty much zero people that are successful that don't practice some form of reflection. Like, how about you? Like, could you agree with that as well? 100%. And just to back up on that a little bit, when you start, you're not going to be 100% consistent with it. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to want to be obviously, right? Should you be doing it every day? Yeah, it'd be awesome too. But even if you can just get doing it two, three, four times per week, just get in a little bit of a routine that will start to steamroll and it will dramatically 
change your life with time, not right up front. It's going to take time, but you're going to be able to start changing your thoughts. And as you start to change your, change your thoughts and think about yourself a little bit differently, um, you give that a year, two years, three years, and let it compound, and you won't be the same person that you are today. Totally. I 100% agree. Uh, so let's talk about right now, right? Coronavirus, you know, mm-hmm. COVID-19, whatever, really bad flu, whatever people are calling it. Um, <laughs> like, how are you, per- like, things are crazy. Like, I don't know, like, where you guys are at, but I, I mean, if you turn on the news or any outside media of any sort, like, things are crazy. People are saying yeah. crazy things. There's crazy thoughts. I know me personally, and I've shared this a lot, is three weeks ago, like, you know, I had a, a very close friend of mine that just essentially verbally punched me in the face. And it was like this, like, it clicked me out of this mindset of like, everything's going to implode. Everything I built for 10 years was going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, my relationship's going to end. My kids are going to get, you know, like there was just a steamroll. Sure. And I was really personally struggling myself. And there were some things that I did to get out of that for you. Like, are you, did you have any period like that? And if not, like, what have you done to kind of stay ahead of this negative? Everything's going to end. These people are sabotaging my business. Like, has there been any practices that you've really stuck to? that have helped you to deal with that? Or have you even experienced that at all? Sure. So um, initially, I, I think anytime you go to turn on the news, you start to experience that. So right. first and foremost, getting out of that mindset, and you can take this with a grain of salt if you want to or not. But as far as the news goes, you're going to get one extreme of the spectrum or the other extreme of the spectrum. You're getting no agree. common sense when you're sitting there listening. So either side you're trying to listen to, you're, you're going to leave that experience of watching with some form of negativity in your head that's going to that you can let compound just like we've been talking about Mm -hmm. and so for me what i've tried to do throughout this whole thing when it first happened and i looked at the situation it was sure it was absolutely scary what i was most worried about though was i'm a very long-term thinker i'm i'm never worried about tomorrow or next week i'm worried about where i'm going to be next year And so when this all came out is when it comes to business, and you might have realized that when I started talking about the finances at first, Mm -hmm. when I talked about planning and staying like ahead of bad times like this. And so for me, it was making sure that I had my clients, I was going to do whatever was going to be right around the clients to not upset them as far as the gym goes to make Mm -hmm. sure that they were going to be in a position um, to where they didn't feel like they're being taken advantage of by us in any way. Like I wanted to be yeah. taking care of them instead of them feeling like they needed to take care of me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. For the long-term aspect of that, I know that's going to build a greater long-term relationship in that sense. So to cut it short, really throughout all of this, when it comes to business, when it comes to personal, when it comes to everything, at first, yeah, it's a little bit scary with the news. And honestly, I, I try not to pay a whole lot of attention to it at this point. I live in a small community. We don't have any cases here. So I, I've been very blessed and very fortunate in that way to be able to go about my life. The only thing that's really changed is I don't have any members in the gym. I'm, it's basically like my personal training studio for the next, for the last couple months in that aspect but it just allowed me to look back and really look at what I've been doing in the past and where I'm at today and what I can be doing better in the future I think more than anything and I talked about this with Cody actually on a podcast that he came on to mind this was a good wake-up call for guys like you and I to be able to realize how we actually need to be showing up for people because when situations like this happen there are leaders and there are followers you choose you can go follow you can watch the news you can get into all of the hype of everything that's going on, that the world is ending, that this and that, or else you can be a leader and just take your route in the whole thing in a positive measure that you can and um, try to uplift others and, and be that same light for them and not be in such panic mode and lead instead of 
follow the the panic that everybody's trying to pursue on everybody. Dude, 100%. I love all that. So I don't know about you, but I'm also having clients that are struggling with this. I'm having people Big that time. are yeah. like imploding on their nutrition and their training and just mm-hmm. thinking, um, I call it the, the, the COVID mindset to where it's like, it's almost like it's, it's an extension of the Monday mindset of like, I'm going to start in Monday or I'm going to start January one. Mm-hmm. People are having this COVID mindset to where it's like, I'm going to start doing X, Y, Z when COVID has gone mm-hmm. and they're really struggling. So like, how are you personally coaching people through this time right now? Are you kind of giving them what you've been doing and stuff and moving forward with that? Yeah, that's a great, a great question, man. I have I'm sure you have people on both ends of the spectrum too. I have mm-hmm. people that signed up right before the pandemic. And for some reason, the pandemic has allowed them to focus in even more on themselves yeah. and do great with what they're doing. Most of the time, those are the people that are just like I talked about that are just choosing to focus on themselves, kind of forget about the outside world for now and do it. Just stay in control of the things that they can control. The right. ones that are imploding a little bit, it's adding a lot of stress. It seems like they're trying to control and worry about everything that they can't control. And so to help them simply, is it a good, good idea to try and be in a fat loss phase when you have all that going on and you're a highly stressed individual? Absolutely not. So it's just meeting the individual really where they're at and what they can handle. And honestly, I've had a couple of clients that I was working with that they felt like even having me there to um, hold them accountable to what they're doing was just too much. They needed a break. They just needed to like go crawl into their hole a little bit. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, not yeah, in totally. a rude way, but and you can only help people so far. So the people that want to hop on your bandwagon and be positive and work on when they don't have anything better to do. And then there's going to be people who, again, want to go crawl in their hole and not deal with what's going on in the outside world. And you can't necessarily, you can try and help that much, that person as much as you possibly can, but you can't try and change that person. You can just be there to guide, to support, and to, to give your input into what's helped you. And so does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, exactly. I agree with all of it. So, and I think a lot of people are kind of stuck in that mindset too, of like, they are focusing so much and, and, it seems to be a narrative that a lot of people, especially like coaches like you and I that are out there saying now, like, look, like you can't control mm-hmm. what this governor's doing or what this news outlet is saying or how this person is conducting themselves. Like you can't control that. You have to focus a lot more on yourself. And I think right now more than any, it's, I would say that right now, me personally, and probably you too, I've learned a lot about myself and what I'm made of mm-hmm. and also learned like where my anchors are because I've gone back to them. I mean, and it's always the simple stuff. And, and I was talking to a client about this the other day. I was like, a lot of people right now are kind of searching for that secret sauce. They're searching for that tacket, right? That's going to get them over this thing. But it's really not. It's always the simple things like finding space in your mind, breathing, meditation, journaling, uh, finding accountability, sharing with people that you care about, and then focusing in your sphere of control and not outside of that. And I think the minute that people as people start to realize that they start to get out of the COVID mindset and they're able to move forward. So I think you were like 100% accurate on that for sure. And then, um, so I would think right now too, like um, with all these people struggling and stuff like that, there's also people that are still like, okay, I'm going to keep going and I can progress, but I'm not training and I don't have this and I don't have that. Like, what would you say is a good way to point and, and to think of progress right now? Cause people always think like progress is weight loss or muscle gain or things like that. Like how have you switched your coaching to allow your clients to still realize that they are making progress? Mm-hmm. 
That's a great question. Yeah. A lot of it is mentally. So how are we doing <clears throat> mentally? How are we dealing with what's going on in the outside world, right? If we're dealing with it in a positive manner and we are maintaining where we were before this happened, that can be progress. I've yeah. talked a lot about that with a lot, of, a lot of my clients is maintenance for most is progress during this time. So that when we're out of this situation, we can put the pedal back down and continue on. But again, that's not for, I have clients that are, I have some clients that have lost 15 pounds throughout this entire thing who were Love heavier it. individuals need to drop down and they're making amazing progress through this. And then you have others where progress is just simply going to be maintenance or else you're focused on something else. Maybe you're focused on um, some sort of a performance goal, or maybe you're focused on just being more active instead of in the gym training every day. Maybe you're outside going for walks and doing body weight things or, or just finding different forms of things to measure progress on. Maybe it's not how much you can deadlift, how much you can bench press, how much you can squat, but it's how many walks you went on this week or how many times you written your journal this week or, or things like that. Just changing the metric basically, but still mm -hmm. aiming to progress and whatever that's going to be. And for every individual, honestly, it's, it's been something different, but something like journaling, something like walking, something maybe like running or body weight workouts or something along those lines or nutrition, something along those lines. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody was, I forget what podcast I was listening to the other day, but he was talking about like right now. And he was like, you know, he was like, remember when you were kids and you'd be, you'd be playing a game with a brother or sister or, or, or a friend and you'd be in the middle of the game and they would like change the rules. Right. They, you're still in the game, but they would change the rules like, oh, you can move twice or you actually get to roll the dice twice. Like the rules changed, mm -hmm. but you kept playing and you would kind of figure out how to win within the new rule set. I think right now life's kind of like that. Right. The people's nutrition is because, you know, depending on where you are, there's some places where like you can't, you can't get but so much like here. We can only get X amount of chicken every time we go to the store or X mm -hmm. amount of pounds per, of ground beef. And then for training, you can't go to the gym anymore. So you're you're most likely um, down to like a dumbbell or a kettlebell or some bands or a barbell and some random weights. Like you don't have the things that you want to, that you, that you're typically used to having, mm. but it doesn't mean that there's not a game to play still. It's exactly. just the rules are, the rules have changed and you have to play within those new rules. So I think that that like for right now, like I was explaining that to somebody and I was like, it's just a new mindset that you have to adopt is that you have to learn how to win within the new game. Mm -hmm. And that's that it. Goes, Play with the new rules. That goes for life. Don't you think yeah, every yeah. phase of your life, it's, you're always going to be playing the game, but the game is always changing depending upon mm -hmm. the level of life or the, the certain part of your life that you're in. There's always going to be a game to play. It's just whether or not you're willing to play it or not. Yeah. I love it, dude. So let's talk more about you, man. Let's, let's talk about, uh, with your training right now. Like, what are you personally doing for, like, get, walk us through, like, what you do for training right now, how you handle your nutrition. Give us a little insight into how, uh, you know, an online coach who has, you know, a family, uh, a business that is, is shut down right now, clients to take care of. Like, how do you personally train yourself and nutrition? Do you have a coach? Like, what does that look like? Sure. At the moment, I do not have a coach. I like to experiment with different things on yep. my own and play with different things. I like to follow different people and I like to look at different training styles, different things like that, and uh, implement a little bit on my own to be able to take the feedback and put it into clients' training, whether it was good or whether it was not in that sense. So as far as training goes, people are going to hate to hear this, but I own a gym, obviously, right? So mm -hmm. I have a full um, I have a full gym that I can go into and it hasn't really affect this whole thing hasn't affected my training mm -hmm. really at all, which makes you feel kind of guilty when you go and you have access to a place. Every it just is what day. it is. Yeah, it is. It is, it, is right? it is what it is. And so I'm still in there. Um, 
training. I follow like an upper lower push pull leg split right now. I'm always either hypertrophy focused, strength focused, or a little bit of two, just depending on what my honestly, like what's motivating me the most at that particular time. So I'll follow like a, a structured periodized plan. But for me at this point, name of the game, it's about finding things that are still stimulating me as much mentally with my training that I'm progressing in as much as it's stimulating me in terms of gaining as much muscle as, as possible or gaining as much strength as possible. Does that make sense? So yeah. I'm always kind of switching that up every 12, 12 weeks or so every meso cycle, I'll switch up um, like either a strength focused, a hypertrophy focused, or like a, a, a power building focus kind of right in between. And as far as it comes to nutrition, I actually just started myself. So I usually will go through like a calorie deficit phase for a few months, um, right leading into summer. Usually would have started a little bit earlier, but with all of this happening, things were a little bit stressful for quite a while. So I was just hovering right around a maintenance level for quite a long time. And then um, as things have leveled out and I've got more settled into the way of life and how it's been and, and not felt so stressed, stressed, I've actually started my calorie deficit just in the last well, this is week number two, just starting now. So starting that going into a little cutting phase for a little bit in that sense and whatnot. I don't know if you want to know like more like strategies inside of nutrition that, that I use or how deep are you wanting me to go into that? No, that's good. I'm just unpacking it all and just making sure that like, you know, I, I for me, and, and I always try to put myself like when I'm recording a podcast, I always try to put myself in like a person's spot. And I know for me, like when I was an up and coming coach or an up and coming like person in the, in the fitness industry who just really like excited about stuff I would see coaches and I would be like what's their secret program like what are they doing I want to know because sure. if I do that I can have what they have sure so, like literally unpacking that as much as possible is great so yeah let's go let's talk about an upper day like what does an upper day look like for you like you know from your warm-up to your 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 main your your main lifts to all this stuff like walk us through like a, a typical upper day for you Sure. So if I'm going to the gym and train just a, a typical upper body day, I'll go in, I'll get my uh, body temperature. And first and foremost, there's no secret. Just like Cody said, people want to find, like, find your secrets and what you're doing and, and why the way you, you look the way you look. It's, it's just a lot of consistency for a really long amount of time. There's, mm -hmm. there's no real secret to what you're doing. There's principles that we all follow that basically get you to the same result at the end. And each coach's strategies and, and strategies and methods to adhere to that principle might be a little bit different. Right. That's at least how I look at it. Absolutely. And so like for myself, when I go into the gym for a full upper body day, um, I typically will go in, get my uh, body temperature up a little bit, do some dynamic movements. So like, um, warm up my shoulders. I have sticky shoulders. So always warming up shoulders before an upper day, obviously with some band work, some banded pull apart, some over and backs, and then um, some sort of like a, so my first actual movement of the day is always going to be a bigger strength compound movement. So like an incline bench, um, a bench, a flat bench, or um, like a pull up or a sill roll or something like that. So I'll try to say, put, train something explosively for just a few reps before I go into that main compound movement for the day. So like maybe it's like some medicine ball throws against the wall or um, some push-ups where like you're, you're doing a push-up, but at the top of the push-up, you're jumping up onto a, like a little platform or something with your arms to create explosiveness in that way. And then go into like a bench press for somewhere, probably like depending on the phase, somewhere between like a four to eight, four to 10 rep scheme usually like a four to six is where i'll start generally unless i'm in more of a hypertrophy phase and then it'll be up at a higher level or a higher number of reps as we begin and then from there it's just really accessory work that first movement of the day is generally just a movement by itself so it's it's some sort of a compound and then if i'm doing an upper day i'll start um, doing supersets of accessories so let's say i did a bench press to start with maybe there's a pull up and like a 
overhead press that are supersetted um, coming up in the next um, for the next movements. And then usually like two ish, um, two accessories. So like there's one super, there's the compound, there's one accessory that's supersetted between movements, and there's one more accessory that's superset between two movements, and then a little bit of isolation work, maybe if that's for like lateral raises or if that's with. Um, like curls, triceps, all that kind of fun bodybuilder-ish stuff. And then um, depending on the phase and, and where I'm at with my training and, and whatnot, I'll add in a little bit of metabolic work at the end with like some kettlebell swings or uh, maybe like some hit work on, a, on an assault bike or different things like that. So pretty general for the most part. My training isn't anything too crazy out there. I just try to stick to the principles. Again, progressive overload, the volume for myself, sticking to intensity, periodizing that over a long amount of time, and just staying consistent and doing it in a way that makes sure that I'm enjoying what I'm doing so they get the most out of it. Love it. And I, and I hope what people get out of that is that, that was long not, too. No, that was great. That was great. But you know, that, that's valuable stuff because I think, gosh, I remember every time I would meet a coach or I would meet somebody who's a high level athlete, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, how do you, and then they'd show me their program and they'd show me what they're doing. Simple, right? And it was just simple stuff. Mm-hmm. And you, you always look, and I think people think that there, there's just this, and depending on, you know, you know, there's some really good marketing tactics to, or some really good, you know, color scheme, like whatever people kind of how they package things, it can make you think that there's a secret and it's actually not. And, and especially like you talked a lot about principles, like principles are something that like I shout, off the mountains about like, you know, I heard one time, I forget who said it, but they said, uh, methods are many principles are few methods always change principles never do. Yeah, that's and that's something, point. and it's something that I share with my, my team, my other coaches, people that I mentor is like, if you, if you, yes, you should make something that somebody should stick to and it should be fun. You can mm-hmm. label it as method and stuff like that, but it has to have principles or you're not going to get results. And what you talked about and going through your program design essentially is principles. Mm-hmm. Right. Because w- without principles, there are no results and it, and it doesn't matter how good you feel or how sweaty you get or how tired you get. Like the question is like, are you moving forward? And I think that's something. Um, and, and I tend to swing really hard to principles and not enough to the fun side. And that's probably something that, that I have a, as a weakness for myself as a coach. Uh, so and as a marketer right? and as a marketer, as a mar- right? that's my, that's my problem too. Like, um, you'll talk with people and everybody's got this fancy method that's their method that gets mm-hmm. them to where they are. And maybe in the future, that's something we'll all lean towards too. Yeah. It, honestly, it makes your marketing better. It makes it more appealing. Like, ooh, that's the way that he does it. Maybe that's a little bit better than this way. But at the end of the day, if you're sticking to those principles, we're all basically doing the same thing. We're just taking a, a different approach to get there. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah, principles, I could talk about that for like three hours. Yeah. Um, so how long does that session typically take you? Like 60, 90 minutes, two hours? Like, what are you looking at it? Looking sure. At it? Depends completely on the day. If it's just like a, um, a push day. So I mentioned like I'll do an upper, lower push, pull legs at the moment. That's what it is. It's either that or it's typically a upper, lower, upper, lower. I don't, I don't really ever go push, pull legs, push, pull legs, just because I don't like training six days a week. I got too much other stuff going on to really yeah. get that in. So if it's an upper body day where I'm hitting chest, shoulders, back, arms, all of everything. I'm probably looking at 90 minutes. If it's just like a push day where it's chest, shoulders and triceps or a pull day, just back and uh, biceps and some rear delts. That's like a, a 45 to 60 minute day. Or if it's a more body parts, the longer that it gets, obviously. Awesome. So training 45, 60 minutes a day, you know, yeah, you have a daughter, correct? I do. Yeah. A young daughter, a wife, mm-hmm. a gym. How do you juggle all those things? Do you have a particular time that you train every day? Like how does balance happen 
inside of uh, Chaz's world? Like, how do you handle getting all those things in every day? Sure. That's a great question. Um, when it comes to balance, I, I've heard different people talk about this and I, can, mm-hmm. I don't think balance is a, a real thing, right? You create mm-hmm. your own balance. Like I'm not 25, 25, 25, 25 with all of the different aspects of my life. It's depending on the phase of your life that you're in, right? So right now, um, my big things are business, growing the business that takes up a huge chunk of my day. Yeah. And then my family, things that I have going on with my family, making sure I'm, I'm there. I'm not missing things just because of business or anything like that. And then training. Those are basically the three biggest pillars of my life. There is a social life in there that I struggle with that really bad because I Me put too. no I effort and no time into that. <laughs> That's really like the four pillars you should have to create balance, but mine are really uh, business, being a coach, being a gym owner, family, being a dad, being a husband, being a son, and then training. And so that's kind of how I staple it. But first and foremost, I get up in the mornings. I spend the first probably four hours of the day on my computer after a little bit of a morning routine, which isn't too extensive, but I'll, I'll go through that, get on the computer, do emails for the day, do programming, knock all of that out. And then from there, go up to the gym. I'll try to train around like anywhere from 10 to noon, usually 10 to noon, 10 to one, and then usually come home, hurry, quick, grab lunch, um, go back up to the gym, spend the afternoons at the gym, helping, uh, helping members up there, dealing with whatever needs to be handled for the gym for the afternoon. And I'm usually home by seven o'clock at night, seven or so, get to hang out with the baby for maybe a couple hours, hang out with the wife, and then it's off to bed. So literally, I wake up in the morning, I'm gone before everybody, anybody's really even awake, and then I'm home by seven o'clock at night. So what I, there's not a ton of balance at the moment. Do I see myself doing that forever? No, but do I see it being necessary right now? Absolutely. And it's something that me and my wife are both on the same page with. And honestly, through this pandemic, it's been a little bit of a break in that, right? I haven't had to get up and be first thing to the gym in the morning. I can be here and I can handle my stuff from home. I can be on the computer at home. I can wake up and see the baby. So that kind of stuff has been nice um, for the last while. But as we go into this next week and things kind of start to normalize in my area, once again, um, it'll just go back to the grind. So, so yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a thought when you're talking about that. My wife and I had a similar conversation this morning. Uh, so, and if you guys are listening to this right now, do not steal this. But life, <laughs> life periodization, right? Yeah. So like life has these periods of time where like you go hard in business, you go hard in family, you go hard in this, you go hard in that. Like I think right now, and, and you kind of talk like your life has kind of tapered off a little bit to where you can be like more home balance. I would say in my world, the business push has become harder sure. because now it's like either there has to be production happening and there has to be value added or like you said earlier, like, like people can feel taken advantage of. And my wife and I actually had a conversation this morning about that very thing. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're hoping to, you know, possibly buy another house here in the next couple of months. So like a lot of things have to stay you. in line for these things to happen. Thank you. A lot of these things have to stay in line. Right. Mm-hmm. So with this life period, I wrote it down in my journal as you were talking with, I love uh, with the life periodization thing for her, I was like, you know, like right now, like she's a nurse, you know, there's, there's looming furloughs for nurses. Like everybody thinks mm-hmm. the hospitals are like all overwhelmed. That's not true in all these different places. My yeah. wife is a nurse. She could possibly get furloughed. If she get furloughs, a lot of the, the breadwinning is going to fall on myself as a, as an entrepreneur and as a producer. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know that that also means that the shift of balance will have to change. Whereas, you know, spending tons of time with my boys and stuff like that, which is a non-negotiable, which is going to happen every day still, maybe that the way that I have that periodized, the volume of hangout with my family will have to change a little bit 
mm-hmm. so that we, there can be production. And mm-hmm. I think that everybody listening to this right now can take that, that, you know, that sort of thought of like, you know, there are periods of time and especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're a coach, there are going to be periods of time where like balance is not going to be there. You're actually not mm-hmm. going to get off work at five o'clock every day. You're not going to be home at four. You can't just take random days off. Those there, there are times when that can happen, but there has to be a shift from side to side. And I think that's essentially what you're talking about right now. It's business mode. It's growth. It's, 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 it's uh, feed the family essentially, right? Hunt mm-hmm. the Buffalo is what I like to think about. Yeah. So you're doing those things. And I love that dude. Um, cool, man. So let's, let's close this thing out. I want to, I want to protect your time and uh, get you back to, I'm sure you got things to do. Probably going to go hang out with your baby after this or something like that. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I'm big on like big picture, right? Like yeah. big, big, this is kind of some of my closing questions. I don't have like a cool, like, you know, you're on an airplane. Sure. And you get, <laughs> um, but like, what impact are you hoping to make on the world? Like, like when can you hang your hat up? And it's funny you're wearing a hat. Like when can you hang your hat up and say like, I've done something in this world that I'm satisfied with? Like, what is that big impact that you're hoping to make on the world? That is a huge question. Yeah. yeah. A big question. And honestly, <laughs> like to be 100% honest with you, I'm not exactly like, I don't have a destination at this point. Like right now today, I, I, I could tell you something and it would just be something off the whiff. Like I don't have an exact destination that I'm looking for. But the one thing that I'm just looking for fulfillment. And sometimes that can, that can seem selfish in different ways that can be like, well, you're putting your family at risk because you're an entrepreneur. You're not willing just to go get a nine to five job and, and different things like that. You know what I mean? With, mm-hmm. with different people. But at the end of the day, all that I'm looking for is fulfillment when I lay my head down at night. And for me right now, what that is, is it's helping people with their fitness goals. Mostly I, I work with a lot of ladies. I work with a lot of weight loss ladies. That's my favorite type of person to work with to make impact in their lives. That's, mm-hmm. that's what lays me down at night. and makes me excited the next day excited to wake up the next day and trudge forward and keep doing so. So really it just comes down to just continuing to grow whatever I'm growing and whatever opportunities or whatever happens out of it happens. And that's, that's where I'm headed. Like I don't have an exact place. I know with the gym we're looking at in the next year, potentially either getting into a bigger building. We're looking at, at building our own building, going from a 4,000 square foot facility to a 10,000 square foot facility. So we're looking at doing some really cool stuff. And as far as the online space, just continuing to, to grow that. And as long as I'm feeling fulfilled and happy in what I'm doing, I'm just going to keep going down that road and have it takes me wherever it takes me. Maybe in a few years, I'll have a better answer for uh, that question and know exactly what I'm trying to make happen. But at the moment, it's just creating impact and Again, making sure that I'm fulfilled at the end of the day with what I'm doing to live a life that's, that's meaningful um, from my perspective. Yeah, I think you, you said something that's really important. And I want to I wanna like pull that out of what you just said about fulfillment, right? So how many people do you know? I can think of probably 15, 20 people right now that live to script, right? Most. That like, you know, that you most people, right? That don't go against the grain that like, yeah. you know, some people look at it as you're putting your family at risk. When really, when I hear I'm seeking fulfillment is like when like us as especially men, I'm a little impartial to that too. Like when a man feels fulfilled in what he's doing and like he has purpose and value the same way a female feels that I'm sure. Um, But I know Mm -hmm. for me, because that's what I can relate to right now is like, I know as a man, when I feel fulfilled, I'm actually a better husband. I'm actually going to show up. You show up. I show up completely different. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something that like 
those of you that can get something from that is like seeking fulfillment actually is not selfish. Like, I don't think that at all. I 100% agree with like, you probably are way better at all those things because of that. So you guys listening, like seeking fulfillment is huge. And I would like, dude, that's a huge impact. And I love that. I love that you went there with that. Um, So one last thing before we go, man, I'm big on quotes. I'm big on like getting lessons from other people. Like, was there a piece of advice that you ever got from somebody that really made you really kind of open up your eyes to the greater world and the greater purpose that you have? Like, what was that best piece of advice that you've ever gotten from somebody? Or it could just be a piece of advice that was, you know, was very valuable to you. Sure. That's a, that's a great question. I don't know if I have necessarily ever like gotten one piece of advice that was just like the thing that stuck for me necessarily, but I have, as far as experience goes, I have a grandfather who was an entrepreneur who I was named after him. And uh, that's where he went and what his path was. He was an entrepreneur. He started from literally ground zero, grew a huge gas station um, business to multi-millions, did awesome for himself and just sold it off after the last couple of years um, due to retiring and whatnot. And so for me, it's, it hasn't been, there's like, like not a quote, but him, he has been watching what where he started and where he got to and just showing that it's possible just from hard work and following going against the grain, just like you, you mentioned before seeing what he's done and where he's been and just the the different conversations that I've been able to have with him about the patience and the perseverance and the, the reward of continuing to take risks over and over again. um, And those eventually paying off. So that doesn't answer your, your answer directly but at the end of the day um, the experiences and the conversations that I've got to have with him and uh, just watching how he's gone about his life and being willing to go against the grain has been a staple for me to do the exact same thing no that's huge and that exact that answers my my question perfectly and uh, I I love that a lot dude so um, man I appreciated the conversation and like I I loved it I I think yeah this are gonna be like if you got, if you guys listen to this and you know, like I literally was taking notes as we were going, like if you guys are listening to this and you didn't get some nuggets out of it, um, then message me and let me know because I'll send you every single timestamp of where something was valuable for you guys. Um, Chad, plug, plug yourself, man. Where can people find you? Where can people follow you? Get more information from you. Sure. So very simple. Um, my Instagram is lost in lifting. I'm super active over there. You can go there. If you have questions with anything at any point, you're more welcome to shoot me a DM on there. And then as well as I have a podcast as well called lost in lifting talk to where we talk a ton about nutrition, about exercise, but more importantly, what we talk about most and what I I like to get into and I'm most passionate about around nutrition and training and whatnot is mindset and what it's going to take with your mindset to actually be able to improve your body composition. So if you're into that sort of stuff, you can go over there and I'm sure you'll find some nuggets there as well. So, so yeah, thank you, man. I really do appreciate it. Awesome, dude. Great conversation. And uh, guys go give him a follow. I follow him. Uh, I've listened to his podcast, all good stuff. And uh, man, thanks for being on today. Yeah. And I enjoy your podcast too, man. I've listened to a lot of your other episodes as well. Even before you asked me to come on, I was listening and uh, you got a lot of good episodes going on on here too. So I, I appreciate it. And there's a lot of value here too. So it's awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Humbled. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show today. I know your time is valuable and I appreciate every minute that you spent with me. If you're new to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe button and to give us a rating and review. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I post daily motivational content and free training and nutritional information. Lastly, if you've been listening to this for a while and you're thinking about working with me and my team, go ahead and email me at cody at virtuousfit.com and I'll see you on the next episode.